1: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode. Wherever in the world you are listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on, thank you guys so much for the support. Thanks for sharing this podcast with those who you know. Thanks for giving the likes. Thanks for leaving the feedback and the messages. Really appreciate it, and, and please make sure to keep those coming. Uh, today Today's uh, episode is a little bit different because I wanted to uh, talk with this guest in particular because... They have kind of a unique role in, in the in the basketball journey. You know, Obviously, for the most of my interviews, I'll talk to coaches, the people involved in things in that sense. Uh, but but I have a unique opportunity today uh, to talk to somebody who uh, covers and spotlights and brings attention to uh, the high school players uh, in the great state of Arizona, which is also a bonus for me. And uh, I wanted to have this conversation with this guest and, and talk about the work uh, that he does, what, what he does. Typically, does in terms of spotlighting high school players, um, and also how we as coaches and and even players can help uh, spotlight each other and bring attention to the great things that are going on because I know that that's something that a lot of coaches really want to do. They really want to show off and they really want to bring attention to some of the great things they see going on in their area. And uh, I I wanted to talk about the work that my my guest does uh, regarding those sort of things. So, this will be a real cool, unique uh, episode, but I think one that. Uh, might offer some uh, insights to a, a different part of the basketball world. Um, so my guest today, I'm, I'm going to call him Coach. as a him off air because that's just what I'm used to doing. Uh, but he is a coach, and he is also a contributor for uh, Arizona Prep. I'm very happy to be joined uh, by Travis Armstrong. Thank you so much for joining us, Coach. How are we doing?
0: We're doing great. Appreciate you having me on. Look forward to talking with you here for a while
1: yeah absolutely really really looking forward to this and like I said it's a bonus for me that that you're're you're located out in Arizona too so that's like an extra bonus for me um so I know that you, you got a couple of journeys but i know i know I know that coaching has been a part of your journey in the past but i'm I'm curious about that as well as uh what what got you into uh the contributions that you now do for for arizona traps what, what what's the basketball journey been like that that's gotten you to where you're at right now well
0: i got <clears throat> like a lot, a lot of people, I got into coaching because, you know, the small town where my kids were playing needed volunteers. And, you know, I just end up having, making some time to be that guy who could put in some time for these kids to, to be able to play. And so if you're going to put in the time, you know, better, better learn how to help these kids get better at it. And might as well not just be a person filling the spot. So, My kids grew up over the years, and I helped coach, I mean, everything from Little League to soccer. And, um, you know, uh, it just kept being one of those deals where all the kids needed needed an assistant. And I ended up getting a call up from a a guy I know who just got a girl's uh, varsity position head coach for the basketball team at Florence High School, Bob Bellamere. And I'd known him as my kids grew up through the junior high ranks. And, and he asked if I'd be interested in being an assistant. And I said, well, you know, let's get together and talk about it. Because like, to me, um, I like a certain amount of a principle to it. Like, I, I believe that coaching, you're helping these kids become, like, you're going to help them grow in life as well, grow as a person, not just as an athlete. And uh, I believe that a lot of times, a coach has an opportunity to reach a kid on a level that parents parents sometimes could struggle with. It's just a different dynamic. And so he was on the same page with me as far as like, you know, we're, we were both, we just both linked up and mesh pretty well. And we had the similar drive for the same purposes we wanted to do it. And so we just started coaching. And we had a couple, you know, <laughs> like most places when you take over, you get, those first couple of years can be kind of rough. You know, we went, we we struggled a lot and we got a program just finally started turning around where we had our, you know, our upperclassmen that we kind of inherited, you know, had graduated and, you know, we set a reasonable tone for everything. We got a nice young class of kids who just wanted to play ball. And as we started going along there, I learned more about these kids. You know, everything's not D1, everything's not, Like if you really want, you have the right attitude. These kids, they can find a spot to hoop somewhere in the country and us as coaches, I think every program should have one of the coaches at least who's very aware that these kids should, these coaches should be helping these kids be on the radar because they can extend their careers and get free college, have more life, a few more years, one more year, four more, five more years. I talked to a kid the other day that was actually been in college for six years and finishing up her last year of eligibility this year. It just worked out. Mm -hmm. going to have a master's degree. You know, you can't beat that. And so that's kind of my journey has been, you know, along the way coaching, I learned it like, you know, Kayla Furman was one of my favorite kids I ever coached. She was a rebound, five foot nine, probably at best. The girl set rebounding records in the state. Cause she just went hard every play. She just went with whatever she had. And so I got out of coaching for a little bit and Anthony Ray of Arizona Preps, I've known him for a little while and he said, you know, help me get some of the girls side. You know, we've done mostly the guys program for years, you know, report on these guys, shine the spotlight on these players. And I know, you know, girls basketball. He said, you know, help, help me get this part going. And I, love Anthony, Anthony Ray is about a good guy as they come. And I told him sure thing. And so threw my hat in the ring a little bit, helped get him going and uh, got some other people on it now too. And I just, I'd love to cast a a spotlight on these kids who may be overshadowed by like the these top D1, you know, all the get all the attention. Like, guess what, I don't need to really tell you a whole lot about certain kids who are already getting recruited heavy by Division one. They've already got the attention. But, you know, you take a girl from a, you know, I'm friends with Lee Hawes of Fort Thomas. They're a small little school. They just missed the state championship again this year. I mean, they, they played for it, just missed a little bit. They won last year. I mean, he's got a hell of a program. He's a good dude. and Things like that, you, you know, not a lot of people are going to look at a one A school and say, "Oh, yeah, we want that." No, it's but it's there. He's got some young ladies that can, ooh, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's what I. That's kind of my drive is to help these kids who otherwise might not get attention or get a shot that deserve it.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, think that, that that's great, and especially like you said, some of these smaller schools, these one A or two A schools, where you know there's a lot of really good basketball going on, but. You, you, you kind of have to seek it out or, or in your case, have somebody bring it to, to, to everyone's attention about what's happening there. So uh, that, that's incredibly uh, valuable. And, and one of the other things I, I was curious about was in what way has your experience um, having coached before kind of shaped the way that you kind of go about your, your work at um, Arizona Preps right now? Like how, how do you kind of see things or kind of approach your work with the experience you've had of of, of having coached basketball before? That's a good question. So with our
0: dinette, what happened at our high school was um, our head coach, because I was a varsity assistant and I'd run JV at times and I did a lot of the skill development. Um, our head coach, Florence is a small school, he was hired to also be the softball coach. So, <laughs> you know, if you... You know, high school sports, uh, if you make the playoffs, some of your kids are not going to make it to softball practice. It's that, you know, they run right over each other. So, you know, those first couple of years, especially, you know, we didn't necessarily make the playoffs much. That We had a couple of first-round exits. And so he was like a cannon, shot over the softball field. And I took over our off-season program. And, you know, obviously, we communicated very well. But I carried out the physical... Uh, you know, our off season stuff. And I, I put, I mean, I would reach out to, I, I mean, any coach I knew reasonably in the area say, hey, coach, you know, uh, I, you know, our program doesn't have a lot of money, but you know what? I got a van and I got kids who want to play basketball. And I would set up games for the kids to hoop. And I mean, I'm talking anywhere from Fort Thomas, which is a damn near two-hour drive <laughs> to playing against Coolidge, you know, seven, eight, ten minutes away. And uh, as well as some summer tournaments, and that the group I had or that we had down here, we had uh, they just graduated. I mean, our tallest girl of our starting lineup was about she's probably about five six. She played five, <laughs> and but that group, there was days where that group. I mean, I would drop them off from playing the seventh game that week, and they're like, "I'm like, oh cool, I'll see you girls on Monday." You know, they're like, "We're gonna play on Saturday." <laughs> You know, so it. I ran so much of the off season that I would look at some of these kids who they didn't, if you didn't put in the time in the off season, that these kids are just not going to develop or, you know, you miss one day in the gym when you're in a development phase. It takes you three to catch that day back. And I, uh, I fortunately, I made the time. I had about as much time as I wanted and anybody could stand to be in the gym with me and we just worked. And so having seen some, and these are kids, you know, we had, these are kids who all five of these kids had, by the time they graduated, they had the option to go play college basketball. They had coaches who said, please, come on out, you know. And it was mostly JUCO, some NAIA stuff, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that level of ball at all, especially whenever you're talking about, well, my, my twins were, five foot is kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt, but they were two of the most aggressive kids. They'd play, they'd give up six to 10 inches against everybody they played against. And they, after they hit sophomore year on, they never walked away. Even in a lost game, they never walked away losing their battles. You know, these are kids with heart that you can't measure. And so I've seen more, some of that stuff. And I said, you know, I there's kids like this all over Uh, again, you know, you look at some of these kids who they might be the toughest kid, you know, talked about in their town or, you know, but they don't end up going anywhere. And it's because a number of things, but one of the big things is if these kids don't know, they can go somewhere. They don't even put it in their, in their view. It's kind of like, Hey, what do you? And I, I just talked to a girl the other day. I mean, this is a talented ball player. You know, she could definitely play JUCO and If she hit the weights right, she could probably step it up to maybe a D three somewhere. I mean, the girl can hoop though, and she's like, ah, I don't know. I'll probably probably go to college, and I'm like, you're not gonna play ball. And I'd like to, but you know, it's just it didn't really register that I can do this, and so I I took that mindset and I started talking to more of these kids along the way over the years. And I've helped a few, you know, and I, again, I say I help, but all I did was link them up. They put in the work, they do all that. All I'm doing is putting a couple people together. You know, I never got anybody to any school anywhere aside from make some phone calls. That's it. I'm a people person. But if, if any of these kids didn't play ball hard enough and didn't get the attention and the respect of these coaches, then they wouldn't go anywhere. So they're they're doing work, but I just saw that so many of these kids don't even really. I don't think it's being shared with them, or ingrained in their, in their minds that they can go play somewhere. They can do more things than just settle for going to the JUCO or going to school online. Like they can accomplish these dreams, but you got you got to first have the dream
1: before you can really accomplish it. Yeah, and I think that you know, that, that's something, and, and I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit later, you know, like for us as coaches to make sure that we sort of realize that, like, we as coaches also realize that all these opportunities and options are out there, and like you mentioned uh, before about having coaches, you know, make sure that they're, they're connected with, you know, the um, you know, like, NAIA, because I think sometimes as coaches we may forget that, like, oh, these players do have, like, this available to them as well, and we have to be the ones, like, as we kind of talked about, like, open the door for them and, like, let them know that this is an actual possibility for them and not just assume that they know that that's a possibility for them. Or, you know, as coaches, you know, we have to also trust our players, I think, and and recognize the ability that our players have and and make sure that we're encouraging them and and really helping them, you know, find those opportunities as well.
0: Yeah. And real quick, just to kind of circle back on, Uh that's the thing you'll notice if you read any of my articles with Arizona Preps is like, I don't I'll include some stats and that's cool because I mean obviously it is important. If I talk to coaches and I, I I talk with different coaches every week. And I mean stats are important. Not for the fact that like if a coach is looking at a couple players and they're trying to figure out if they want to offer somebody, they're gonna say, Well man, this is such and such I average twenty seven points a game and da. So I really want that kid. But the same token a lot of these kids, especially at the at the levels that aren't, I mean, Division One is really, I mean, so much of it's about a cookie cutter. If you don't fit into that puzzle physically, they don't really look at you. I mean, you got to really be a beast to force your way into Division One. I mean, you really do. You have to be different, committed, and it's got to be something. But you know, everybody's like, well, if I need a guard, that guard needs to be between this size and this size. Forward's got to be this and this. But everybody below Division One it's not really so much about the eye test as much. So I always did that for our high school team too, is I kept very accurate stats, the best of, I would keep them and then I would go through and watch film and I would double check mine to make sure they were as accurate as I could possibly be for two reasons. I don't inflate stats because that doesn't help a kid. All it does is tarnish what integrity I have behind my name. If I tell a coach, man, you need to check out so-and-so, She's averaging this, this, and this. And then he shows up and God for, you know, I I happen to leave out. Oh, yeah. By the way, she has also six turnovers a game all the time. You know, that doesn't help anybody. If you know what you're buying and you're in on it, cool. That's respect. But I took that with these kids and Arizona preps like when I write an article, I want to know more about the kid as a character. And I'll talk to the coach. Typically, always I talk to the player and their coach. Um, it could even be an AAU coach, a a high school coach, whatever, you know, somebody who knows that kid and sees that kid in the gym when the lights aren't on, you know, whenever the spotlight's not on them, when they're just playing. And, you know, it, it makes a difference. I don't just want to sit here and tell you what the stat, anybody can go look up max preps and say, who's the highest score? Cool. We want that kid. That doesn't, that doesn't translate. I want to know about that kid. Uh, I've had a couple in the past where the kids have actually opened up to me about some stuff that was just kind of like personal, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, crazy, but like definitely personal. Yeah. I let them tell that story. I'll leave it, you know, as like, you know, you've, you've had some struggles in personal life, you know, and, you know, leave it there. If they want to share that with the way social media is now, anybody can reach out and tell their story. That's their place, not mine. But I definitely like to include... I try to find something to show more about that kid's character along the way as well. And sure. The numbers will be there. You know, I'll pump in. Yeah. You know, toward the end or wherever, these are the numbers. The average this and it's cool, but this is who this person is. So I think that's a very big part of, you know, you want to, if I want to bet money, I want to, I'd like to know if some person has character. Yeah.
1: And, 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 know, and, and and money. A, I think that's one of the things, right. That I like, can't, necessarily just be shown up on like a stat line right like what like the the, the character and like the, the, the journey and I think that uh, and you can speak to this. I'm, I'm just thinking my personal experience that it's so easy to get lost in a bunch of like stats and a bunch of numbers especially if you're like looking at like a bunch of different players you're looking at like different uh teams and you just you just see numbers on a page and, and, and it's I think it's really important, as you mentioned, to kind of have the human element involved in that because there is a person behind all of those numbers and knowing like who they are and knowing what their journey is and knowing what they're about uh, more on that intangible side, like it just makes it so that they're actual people and not just like numbers on a page, if, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Well, you
1: know, one of the,
0: the first players I coached that went to play college ball was a girl, again, her name is Kayla Furman. She plays for Arizona Christian. Now, she went up there and she kind of, she's a prime example of what you see a lot of times at high schools. She was an absolute physical powerhouse at 3A. And so she played four or five for us. And I tried to get her to keep working her shot, work her handles and stuff like that, because going to college, you're, a lot of these fours and fives are not going to play one or very small minutes at college level at four and five. Why? Because they're five eight, five, nine. they're the toughest we got. but that doesn't give away whenever you're going to play against everybody out there who's a four or five in your conference that's six, two. <laughs> you know? And you know she played, she played up there. She's about to graduate uh, this year from Arizona Christian. She, I believe she's been the GSEC academic, all academic team for four years in a row. You know, you don't see that on MaxPreps or whatever, one of these other sites that shows stats, you know? You don't see that when as a college institution, like a higher learning institution, that's huge for them because they're they're gonna be competitive and athletically and that's fine, but they're actually showing academic excellence too. And that's big for them. So they, it's like, I know she got a pretty good academic scholarship. So it shows that their investments are worthwhile too. So you're really, that's like an intention, like, you know, not everybody talks about things like that, you know? Yeah, And yeah. it really shows more about the character. That kid could have coasted by with a C and been good. No, she pushed herself. She's one of those kids who will keep a full-time job, plays basketball, has obviously grades, you know? and. Those are big because a kid like that, I think, will always be successful in life. Yeah. And because and it shows they're not just doing just enough to get where they want to go. They're they're doing enough to be good anywhere they want to go.
1: And I think that has to probably speak to you know these the, collegiate the, you know, programs, you know, they're, they're putting a certain level of trust, right, in having these players be a part of their program and, and they they are taking a chance on these players by giving them that opportunity. So knowing how seriously they take their academics, knowing about how high their, their character is, is almost like, I would imagine, like a reassurance for those college. Like, okay, we're not just getting, like, a, a basketball player who might be a bit of a head case. It might be somebody who's not going to represent our school well, but actually, like, all all around, like, well-rounded, student athlete. Like,
0: it, I, it, before I, if I ever go to call a coach, uh, if I'm talking to a coach, you know, I, I won't bash a kid. I really won't. You know, I'll, I'll defer from talking about them or I'll kind of, you know, politely change the subject or whatever. I mean, I've had several times I've had kids that weren't necessarily bad people, you know, they are not out here doing stick ups and being crazy. But gobs of talent, but not willing to put in the work to graduate high school or keep the grades that would get you into the college that was trying to get you to play for them and things like that, and I mean, I. I really hate to see it because a lot of these kids that are very top level or at least above, you know, the higher level athletes that just number of reasons, you know, they just don't really achieve what they could be doing. I hate to see it, but it's part of life. Unfortunately, you know, some people have a, a situation that, you know, may not be, May not be optimal you know two kids one may have a great home one may have a kind of a tough time at home you know one hopefully through team sports you kind of uh you kind of build a bridge for some of these kids and you give them an outlet that they can you know what home life might suck and that's so unfortunate it happens you know a lot of kids I've coached come from you know, single-parent homes, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. It's not always bad, you know, as far as, like, does it make the home life bad per se. But some of these kids come from such different backgrounds, but they link up together, you know, and it helps. They kind of each help each other grow as an individual, I think. And, you know, some of these rural towns, you know, you get different areas have different kind of um, obstacles to overcome. And I like the fact that sport team sports can help so many kids and has helped so many kids just help kind of dull their lesser uh, you know, like let's say some of your negative traits. It kinda of helps kinda of round the edge off of those that are yeah, not yeah, so sharp. Yeah. And yeah. Move, those help you kind of rise ahead. to the top with your good characteristics, you know, and sure. you see it all the time. You know, some kid who might be just in bad shape in a lot of ways as far as not really know how to have manners. You know, that's a big thing we pushed early on was Bob said, you know what, ladies? We're going to dress like business professionals. So when we traveled, they either wore, you know, a business type setup. You could wear like a suit, a pantsuit. You know, you wear a dress. You could wear... Team warmups, like that's kind of it. Like when we go places, they are gonna look professional, because when you get out of high school and you're going to college, or you're, or you know you're going to a job interview or whatever the case may be, you know when you go to these certain things, you're going there to show people that you're professional and you want to impress them. And then honestly, it made a big deal. We had a lot of coaches and schools that were like, "Wow, we're really impressed with your ladies." You know, they come in, they're respectful, they're this and that, and. <clears throat> You know, I got a uh, message from a girl just the other day. I I coached her a few years ago and, hey, coach, you know, I'm doing this way, kind of gave me an update of how she's been. Do you mind if I put your name down for a job I'm trying to get? Absolutely no problem. Put it down, here's any info you need. That means a lot to me. But it also, to me, it shows a trust level we were able to make between us that that kid respects me enough to say you would be a good person to put on for a reference. Also, I can count on you, just by reaching out. And some of these kids don't have that, so that's a coach. A coach has an opportunity to be that person for kids that that don't have it but need it.
1: Yeah, no, I no, I completely agree. And and that there's a lot, and, and I've talked about this with other guests as well. Like there, there's just so much more that goes into you know, just the sport of coaching rather than you know just the X's and O's of course and, and fun and about up doing that, but all the other things that that we get to do and all the other uh, great like life lessons and, and, and things that we can share with our players to to help them grow up to be uh, great adults. I, I think it's also just as much if that even more uh, rewarding. Well, I know it's more rewarding, but it's uh, it's, it's a real cool opportunity that, that we have. And um, I wanted to ask about I know we, we touched on this a little bit, but, you know, there is no necessarily one size fits all model, especially for all of the, the players looking to you know, go play at the next level. Um, there's a couple things that, that I know you mentioned um, in terms of like uh, work ethic and the way that uh, they carry themselves. But I was wondering if there are, are there any other attributes from your your time spotlighting high school players that, that you notice that um, players have in common or even coaches have in common uh, with the way that they work with their players to kind of coach them to get ready to, to play at a higher level.
0: Yes. There, You you see a lot of different, I've noticed this and I know times have changed and it's weird because I'm going to make myself sound older than I am, but (laughs) a lot of kids have changed these days. Like, you know, I personally do not accept kids on the court with headphones, ear pods, whatever, airpods. I don't, when you're on the court, it's game time. That's it. You know, you see some kids come out and they're, they're ready to go. I mean, they'll walk in there just before tip-off and you can see they can just turn it on. What we found with our team was they are a lot of times late starters. You know, you have the ugly first quarter, first half and you just light it up in the second half. Mm -hmm. So we started getting our kids, you know, especially at home, whenever you have gym access, because fortunately, Florence has amazing facilities. But We would get them going about 30 minutes before the game, like a full game time warm up, you know, layup lines, jump shots, all that stuff. We kind of got their bodies and their minds woke up. So we about every game we played at home, we played a game and a half because we would give them about a legit 30 minutes warm up before the game. And so obviously, all kids are, I mean, everybody's different. And some of these kids can come in and just turn it on, you know. I've seen. I just. I was just watching basketball. I watched about fifteen games last weekend down at the new Legacy uh, facilities, and these kids. I watch kids. I mean, literally, I watch them walk across the whole gym, sit down, lace up their shoes, kind of do a little half stretch for literally maybe two minutes, go out there and just light it up, ready to go. And then I see other kids who seriously just they're they kind of you know, tournaments and that kind of thing. A lot of times you don't have room to really get super warm. It took them about five minutes into the game before they, they were running full speed, before they were jumping, you know, bouncing and just doing everything. And I think on those on the direct right in game time aspect, there's a lot of different ways you go about it. And I mean, I've found personally for us, my personal experience hands-on and the coaches I've worked with that like, get them going a little early, get that head right. So like, even if you get a good hot sweat going before the game, take five minutes before the game, cool back off, you know, get some drink. But, like, your body's ready. It's almost like being in the game and coming in for a timeout or, you know, a sub. Cool, cool, coach. I'm good. I'm ready to go. And, and you're focused. You're on. And I know some coaches, I'm a kind of a – I decided I'm a kind of a person. I'm pretty good about – I try to play devil's advocate all the time and, and try to be able to see both sides of things. And so – I've had kids over the years who they need an abrasive, you know, just chew you out kind of coach who wasn't going to, you know, hold you super accountable and like be in your face. And I've had kids who are not about that. They will shut down. And what I've tried to do is because I've played for both and I've seen both and everywhere in between. And I try to be a little bit more in between where it's like, I know what kid, I try to know my personnel. So if I got, you know, a little Susie over here who needs that abrasive, like, you know, almost like physically challenge you to go go do something kind of like talk, that's how we treat each other. And if I got this one over here who needs a little bit of a pat on the back, like, come on, come on now. That's how I treat that kid for the most part, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, I know a lot of
0: coaches who play both ways, you know? um. I, <laughs> One of my favorite coaches in the world, you know, he coaches the boys AAU team. (laughs) My man, Coach Eric Hood, he coached, he uh, coaches uh, Team RHJ. (laughs) And that dude will, he's from North Philly. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He's going to tell you, he's going to be the first one to pick you up on the court, and he'll be the first one to tell you, you know, you're messing up. (laughs) And, you know, it works. Sometimes other coaches who are a little too soft, they don't, their players don't respect them. Their players don't hold them accountable. It's a shame. Yeah. Those coaches, coaches yeah. out there I've dealt with that they don't, they don't believe in stats. They don't believe in anything. They just say, well, if you play good enough, you'll get noticed and things will happen. And I don't, I'm a, I'm not a passive person like that. Like to me, you're not helping a kid. You either are or you aren't, you know, you're all in or else you're just a standby kind of guy or girl or, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you got to be engaged. I'm not, when I coach a game, uh, you don't even see me stand up all the time. I mean, I'll be talking to my players. If I scream and yell at a kid in a game, it's a right now thing. I'm not going to sit here and scream at how to run the play during the game. We've been over it all week in the gym or the last month or whatever. I'm a lot more emotional in the practice gym than I am in the game because let that kid play, you know, I seriously. And it's, I've seen so many different aspects that like, I'll be, I'm, I'm kind of a soft-spoken person normally. And, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than a lot of people. I'm about six, five, six, six, about 300 pounds, maybe three and a quarter these days, to be honest with you. (laughs) But I just don't, it's one of those things that seriously, you just knowing your people. That's my biggest thing I wish coaches would do is know your people because you, it's really hard in the high school level. At college, you can kind of get away with it because if you're doing recruiting, you just recruit people that are going to fit with how you coach. That's fine. Right. But in high school, you got kids who you might have a kid on your team who gets screamed at every day of their life. And so screaming is nothing big to them. It doesn't get their attention. Yeah, you know, it's just normal, normal talk at that point, right? Yeah, and you I mean you? I've seen it. You have some kids who, when soon as you raise their voice, they're almost flinchy, and that to me it's unfortunate as hell. And I try to figure it out, but that it's really generally not good at all. Yeah, but you know, because that usually means there's somebody's getting carried away at home. But uh, you know, sometimes you gotta yell. That's just right. how it is.
1: I mean, that's part of the game, no doubt. Right. But uh, one of one of the things um, you, you mentioned was about, you know, coaches have to do uh, work on their end. So you know, instead, you're either all in or you're all out, and they have to do work to to really make sure that they're putting their players in the best position, especially those that have the, the ability to the work ethic to drive and, and, and can play, you know, past high school. And and I'm I'm curious in particular, for those coaches listening who maybe work in uh, more smaller or more rural areas where, you know, there's not maybe necessarily going to be like a lot of attention like there would be maybe in like a big city. Um, what, can, what can those, either the coaches or the players, like what in general can they do specifically uh, to get their players uh, noticed and, and on, uh, on some coaches' radars if they're in a smaller, more rural community? That's a great question.
0: Um, You know, because I think there's a lot of coaches out there that they take the job because they're the PE coach or the English teacher or whoever that legitimately loves the kids and knows that these kids need a coach. And so they just step in, and they do it, you know, and they may not have that experience in their background. So great question. I have found that, you know, as often as you can get your kids to an exposure type place. Like, you know, you don't have to pay $800 to have them in some showcase. You don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. Uh, I've had kids, I've had experiences where we go down, say to Tucson to play some summer league game. And we're going to play, you know, in Florence, again, is a smaller school. It's a 3A high school. I think enrollment's about 800, some change. We go down and play like a Rincon, who's a big school. You know, I, I mean, they're, they're a big school. And your kids, have your kids ready. Because if your kids go down and say, coach from one of the colleges there to see somebody on this other team. And, oh, wow, who's this kid from this little school I've never even heard of? You know, that's one way they can get exposure. Uh, social media, be active on social media. Um, in a positive way, of course. You mm-hmm. want to make sure that the schools that are going to reach out to you, like, or pay attention to you. I mean, make sure that they don't think you're just an idiot or a nut or you know a halfwit because like you know I I don't you're not going to see me hype up some video of a kid making a layup like I'm not doing it I mean it's a basic layup but there is certain film packages you can put together to kind of show like look my kids are fishing in layups jumpers inside outside sees the court makes good passes like you can kind of build things that way you know a simple way would be to reach out to somebody like like me or there's a bunch of people to do it i don't take a nickel for anything i do with exception of on occasion if i help run one of our big events or something you know maybe i'll see a few dollars from it but anybody i put out any video i don't i don't make any i don't i don't ask any money for it i don't want it that's not why i do it and there's a lot of us out there you know link up with some of your coaches around you know i First first year I coached at the high school level, I was coaching a JV game, my first high school game. I went down early with just myself and the JV team. We went down to Tucson to play a super classy Push Ridge team. Coach Lonnie down there is about as class act as you get. You know, it's a Push Ridge is a Christian Academy. Oh, my girls seriously were <clears throat> not ready to play ball. I only had a couple of girls who'd ever actually played ball. And it was definitely <laughs> it was tough. We ended up losing. We got 50 balled. It was like 52 to two. At one point, we did have one of my girls went to pass the ball cross court and one of their girls tipped it and it went in. It was that kind of a day, you know? Yeah. And after our game was, it, their girls were still there. They clapped for it. You know, I mean, you almost seem like, are they patronizing me right now? They try to. <laughs> No, they were just generally good kids. You know, they were coached the right way, like sportsmanship. And not everybody's like that. Once you get in comp levels, you see different situations. But after the game, I don't don't link my kids up to having to pray or anything like that. I let it be their choices, you know. I'm always down to participate, whatever they do. But this team asked us, coach, you know, we would like to do a, quick little prayer circle to hopefully you and your team and everybody's healthy and gets home okay. And would you like to join us? I was like, you know, I'll, I'll let him know, you know, and he's like, perfect. So we joined him and everything, you know, they were very, I mean, super class act, right? And I stayed in contact with him even today. And simple things like, hey, coach, we're having some games down here. We got a couple people coming in from here and here. So then we started playing with those guys or those ladies more, and it's just building networks you know same thing that's how I met the coach from Fort Thomas you know coach Lee Hawes he's AD he's just about you'll catch that dude running a broom as often as you know teaching a class like he, he's a do-it-all kind of guy it's a small school but it's just he knows everybody down in that part of the state yeah you know this guy or gal knows everybody in this part of the state Like, it, just build those networks you know don't be that that coach who's – I I have helped by way of, again, just linking people up, as many kids not under my banner as under my banner link up with colleges and have opportunities. Because at the end of the day, hopefully, again, you got to sort out because some of these coaches aren't worth the breath. Honestly, there's some bad ones out there with bad intentions or whatever, or at least they don't align with me, whether they're bad or not. It's not my decision to make. But for my life and my style and the way I do it, I'm not about it. If you're not all about the kids, then I don't really – we can be cool. It doesn't mean we got to hate each other, but that's not who I surround myself with. Yeah. And so you just make those connections. And next thing you know, hey, Coach, uh, you know, I got so-and-so over here. This is what he or she did. And, you know, could you maybe reach out for him? You know, great kid. And That's my first question always be, what's that kid's character like? You know, um, If I don't know somebody who I could directly link your kid up with, I would know somebody who can or who does know somebody. It's really, it's a small world, <clears throat> you know, it's really a small world. I've started taking or we started taking our girls to these tournaments that we knew we may not win them, but we can be competitive, you know. Yeah. It'll be good for us because you know playing up in competition is what helps your kids elevate. You can play up too high. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you play too high, you know you gotta you know, gotta I know, I know your personal. <laughs> so, yeah. There's, there's some games out there that are tough for sure. Yeah. You don't necessarily yeah. want to get into if you don't have to. Um, but it find your lanes. You know, no kind of what makes sense. Like with us playing down at the Globe tournament, their holiday tournament. Made sense for us the first few years, but after the group we had kind of matured and and developed, it didn't make sense to play there anymore. So we went up north and played at Chinley at the Choice Wireless tournament. Oh, wow, yeah. Man, that's a place. <laughs> been... yeah. I tell you what, Coach, my kids are our kids at the time. Probably hadn't played in front of more than a few hundred people. We there. went up there. We went up to Chinley, and Chinley's facility is like 6,500 capacity, I believe. Yep. <clears throat> and of course, we made it through. We powered through, and we were playing Chinley for the championship. And the boys Chinley team was about to play the championship after us. I believe they told us there was roughly 3,800 people in attendance for our game. <laughs> and about 11 people were cheering for us out of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and it's a free tournament. It's a great exp- It's a great chance to go up there and play some tough teams. Uh, Res ball is no joke. It's fast paced and running gun. <clears throat> but those exposures, like we started taking our girls, I link le- I reached out to a couple schools and a couple camps that were like summer camps. You know, like summer, go play some games. It's kind of I just kind of looked around for something a little bit different that would help team build and. And just help our kids, you know. And we went to University of uh, San Diego, UCSD, actually, US- University of California, San Diego. And Coach Vanderveer over there is amazing. She's great. And it was a good camp. It wasn't developmentally, it wasn't a lot lot going on. It's mostly like you can go out there and hoop against a lot of California's tough teams. And learn a few things along the way but again you know the kids they get the weekend to go to the beach and stay in dorms and just kind of it's a good trip and it wasn't too expensive because funding for our team in particular was not there was not a lot of it around but fortunately um the school was very supportive they're like look we got vans You know, you can use the vans, you know, we got to get, we'll support you guys, but like, you know, you got to pay for your stuff, which, you know, that's fair. And uh, after that year, we, I linked up with Point Loma, Nazarene University down there in San Diego also, which is amazing, super fair prices, kids loved it. You can walk to the beach and you play some tough games. You're playing in front of college coaches, you know, so, you're getting exposure, you're playing and they, they link you up pretty good. You kind of talk to coach, let them know kind of, look, this is kind of what level we're at. You know, we, we want to play up, but not ridiculous up. And because you want to be competitive, win or lose. I mean, you get more, it's pretty true. You get more lessons from losses, but nobody really likes to lose. I don't teach anybody to be happy about losing, but like, you don't. it's not the end of your world if you lose a game. You learn from it. You come back and you and you fix those problems and you don't do it the next time to best your ability. And all of that stuff, you just, that that networking is huge. I mean, I, I just talked to Coach Vanderveer, I don't know, two days ago. I mean, her sister's Tara Vanderveer, for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, I mean, like yeah, yeah. really, you know. Yeah, because yeah, it's Coach Heidi Vanderveer is at UCSD. And uh, a couple of girls I, I work with. More, I'm not really coaching them so much as I linked them up with some people, but, like, guidance-wise. You know, I'm trying to help them out a little bit guidance-wise. I mean, these are some of the most above-level ath- athletes. Like, the one girl, is a, I think she just hit ESPN top 15 for her class. I mean, like, these are tough ball players; They're a different level than I'm usually working with. But, again, they're going to go where they're going to go. I'm not here to teach them how to make a layup. They already know that, you know. <laughs> I just work with them. And I think that networking is absolutely key. It's yeah. a must. As a coach, you need to – you've got to have somebody on your staff, whether it's a head coach or your volunteer assistant, whoever it might be, that is driven on getting this kid to college. What does this kid need to do? Oh, she has no left hand? Guess what? We need a left hand. And so that networking, again, I, I you know – Royce Woolridge does stuff with us sometimes. He played pro ball. He just got put in the Hall of Fame at his high school. I mean, he's a young dude, but the guy is a phenomenal ball player and he's really good about working with kids. And I linked him up with a couple of kids I know. And, you know, again,
1: that's all about
0: networking. Right. You know, and,
1: and, and it's just go ahead.
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, I, w- I was gonna say like there there's I I've found in my experience, and there's really new people too. Obviously, just being in Arizona, there's so many people who are they're, they're so willing to help, and 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 you know right away, and you know this like you find like those really good coaches, ones who are all about it, and they'll like you said, either they'll they'll help you out, or you know they'll will they'll, they'll get you to the right person. Like there really is no. There's no reason to feel like you're isolated or on an island. There's so many helpful coaches out there, and I can obviously personally speak to it here in the state of Arizona, and I know you can as well.
0: Absolutely, and you know, women's
1: basketball in Arizona is really
0: blowing up right now. Yep.
1: And I wanted I mean, to ask how many
0: girls we've got going Division One right now. I just talked, right. I just saw right now that you know Jenna Sai from uh, the Monsoon up there at Valley Vista that, that she just won Player of the Year you know, and And that girl
1: I wanted to ask you before I forgot about what do you think, not not, just coaches in general, what do you think we can can do to help continue to spotlight and raise awareness on on the woman's side and and give that side of basketball the attention that, that it definitely deserves? Well,
0: you know, I think the biggest thing is actually keep teaching these kids, and in this case, Specifically, young ladies, how to be good ball players. You know, I mean, obviously, good people in general, yes, 100%. But athletically speaking, the biggest thing I believe that hinders girls' basketball from getting a lot more attention is typically, not always, but typically girls' basketball is much more about fundamentals. If you watch good girls' basketball, they're typically very fundamental. Not very many girls can play above the rim. So, they're not relying on their athleticism. They're relying on skills. Whereas the boys' side, and this is quite a debate I've been having lately with some friends that a lot of guys, they can slack because they can jump out of the gym and they can kind of compensate. Well, when you play a fundamental game, compensating is not where it's at. Like, you need to have an IQ, you need to be committed, and your attitude. Those are, those are killer. If you go hard every time, you know, no coach in the country is going to be mad at you. If you go hard every play. But, you know, you get to see some of these programs that, again, I think it's going to start with the coach, start from the top, because most things do. Demand that your players are fundamental make a regular layup. Don't just because I can make it this way. No, no. make a regular, make a regular layup, make a good jump shot. Yeah. Don't settle for some two handed jump shot that, you know, you can fix over a summer, you know, really put in the time to help these kids have integrity to the way they approach the game and it'll transfer the way they approach the game alive. Like, you know, uh, it, it's huge. You know, I think that would make all the difference in the world for a lot of these ladies, and how they got certain respects, you know. Uh, it's how you play the game. You know, you can be, you can be flashy, and you can do all these things, and that's great when it works. But it looks terrible, and you get chewed out, or you go sit next to me on the bench whenever it doesn't work. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like I had a kid tell me. This girl told me she was. I think she was a freshman. She could. She was. She loved to watch YouTube and learn things. And to this day, she called me, I don't know, it's been a couple months now, but she's coming back from an ACL injury. And she told me, don't worry, coach, I'm still going to go play pro. And <laughs> I don't know, brother, I tell you what, this one, she's different. I, I don't know what would surprise me with her. She's a great kid, but she's a dreamer. she is doing behind, behind the back layups. And I said, that's great. And I said, when it works, you're going to, people are going to be hype and everything else. I'm going to tell you, hey, good job. When it doesn't work, you're going to get chewed out. People are going to clown you. And then you're going to be sitting next to me on the bench. So which one do you think is more important? To be fancy or to go get it done? And for the most part, that kind of solved that conversation, kind of ended it. But, you know. It, I
1: feel like this also means we as coaches need to make sure that when we're spotlighting or promoting things that we see on the women's side, that we are really embracing and promoting like the really solid, like, fundamentals that so many of our women have, even if it doesn't necessarily seem, like, flashy on, like, Twitter or social media, but, like, praising and recognizing and, and really spotlighting uh, just those good fundamental skills that a lot of our girls have, I feel like be really important as well.
0: 100% and, you know, I mean, how many times have you seen a kid whose videos are amazing, guy or girl, doesn't really matter gender-wise, but they're cone drilling the hell out of it like you can tell they put in a lot of time with cones and chairs and trash cans and all the other things in the gym great but put somebody in front of them who moves and then what do they do you know that's they double dribble they travel and not always but a lot of times they get exposed that way and or you know you got somebody who's just kind of shadowing them put somebody in front of them who's gonna make them work like challenge them because i can stand in front of any kid in the country and kind of shadow them and that's great. They're going to look amazing. But then take me out and put in like an all-region top defender or somebody who's got them handles and who's going kind of coming at you and they can't do anything. They're on an island, you know? Yeah. Not to mention, matter of fact, since touching off of that, like a lot of coaches don't want to see you handle the ball for 15 seconds in a row, you know? Yeah. Show these kids yeah. playing good team basketball how they can plug into your team. You know, another thing I did with a couple kids too is, so I knew this one kid that I was trying to help out and things went well actually. I showed kid, this was actually a boy, this was a guy, but showed some ISO plates. So he had the individual one-on-one, showed the team concept, much more of a facilitating type view, you know, And another whole another clip that was done up a separate, you know, was like more of a attacker killer slashing coming at you like do it all. One person kind of like not not because you want them to do it all, but, you know, they can do it all kind of thing, you know, and uh, it's I I got a guy I'm good friends with, he played ball, big kid, 6'10", dude, he played Division one basketball and he's back in the state for a little while now, solid dude. He wants to get kind of involved in helping some kids, and like he'll every once in a while I'll call him up, and like he'll help speak to. I'm going to probably actually do a piece about him here pretty soon, just because he's got some really good insights. Yeah, and he wants to help out with like, look, this is what college recruiting is about. My experience, this is what I've seen. You know, with me, with some of my teammates, and certain things, because I think a lot of these kids don't, they don't really know. You know, I was talking to a an AIA coach a few weeks back, and this guy told me, and he's a good dude, you know. <clears throat> he told me, "What do you think about so and so?" And I was like, "The kid can hoop." I was like, "I mean, I, like, mm, I, mean I, I he could he could be a little bit of work. He could be a real solid piece, you know." Yeah, he goes. I talked to him a couple of weeks back. He told me appreciate it, and he offered him. He told him appreciate it, coach, but uh, I'm going D one. <laughs> Like, that's cool, but um, he's not. He doesn't have D1 offers. He doesn't have – it's not a reality. And even if it was a reality, be respectful and appreciate the offer that's there because you don't know when it might dry up. Yeah. What's the portal and back to where you started earlier, the COVID, and that's – that COVID damaged at least five years of classes. I mean, we haven't seen the end of the COVID ripple in the college world with transfer portals and recruiting and eligibilities and stuff, probably for another, I bet you another two years, probably the 2025s maybe even. And, you know, it it all goes back to, again, when you see these young ladies out here doing things and to, I guess, back to your original question, what are they doing to themselves? Because again, the coach you talk to here Oh, I'm impressed with you know, such and such. She's tough, you know. She sees this. What do you think? Well, when we played her, you know, she had 30 points, but was disrespectful. She was it, you know. Ultimately, just carry the right attitude in general, and and just really go out there. I mean, because like you gotta, you're selling yourself, you know. You want somebody to give you money, scholarships, etc. Why do they want you? Because you can score 20, or because you have a 4.5 GPA and you can score 20, you know, things like that. Like definitely always include a good GPA, you know, if possible. And just really try to showcase like almost tailor what you're putting out there to where you want to be, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. If you're trying to reach out for Stanford, don't show me some 3.0 GPA because that's not happening. It's yeah, just not. We'll
1: get you in the door. Yeah exactly you, you they literally can't let you in the door with
0: a 3.0 they
1: can't <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah do your research Greg. that's great um coach uh, to wrap up there's a couple questions that i ask every guest and so i'll go ahead and, and, and get started with this first one um what is either a coaching or a professional moment of yours um that you can share that you think others listening would be able to learn from Ooh,
0: that's a good question it's a good question for me personally, I think it comes back to a, like coaching moments. I could put a few of them together, but you know, there, there's, there's a moment in every coach, and I mean, to me, it's significant. To other people, it may not be. There's a coaching moment where you see a kid go out there, and I mean, in a in a, in a game that matters, and they do something that you taught them and it helps them succeed. To me, and that's in life too, of course, but to me that, it's just all the value in the world. I can't explain. I can't, I don't even think I put words to like how great it feels to know that you helped a kid grow. You know, a young young person grow. It's the same thing in life with my kids. You see them do well. Uh, My daughter's an ASU graduate. I just, it makes you so proud. And then along with it, when you see that kid turn around and then also start teaching something that you taught them and like, it's like uh, like a circle of life where you see it keep spinning or, you know, going down and it's almost like the reach out to hand to somebody else and, you know, pay it forward kind of concept. But I think with that is, you know, a little bit of, little bit of, I don't know if compassion is the right word because seriously, like we'll go, we'll go compassion. The right amount of compassion could change somebody's life. And in turn, that compassion you showed, empathy you taught, tolerance you shared and taught could make it generations down because that kid that you worked with then now learned from that and said, man, I can do it this way and then it goes down and then generation. You know, to me, I know it might not quite, it might not quite hit home with everybody, but to me, learn to teach the people you have and just go from there. Because to me, that's just the thing. You you just, it's bigger than you. It's about that group mentality where I helped this person, they helped two people. Now I've helped three people, you know? I really just feel that that's the most important thing, especially this day and age. So many people are out for themselves and it's all about negativity. And I just, I hate it. We can make so much more positivity in this world by just doing some simple things like that, yeah. you know, kindness, little kindness goes a long way. And under, it's nothing else understanding, Because sometimes understanding is that this kid may not make it. That's fine. That's not wrong. It doesn't, if you don't play college basketball, your life's not over. But (laughs) if you learn how to deal with people in general, your life will be okay. It really just, and I know that's a little bit different than a lot of people would answer that question because I, I don't know, I've been all over, all over this country, a few other countries and done a lot of things in life. And to me, the two most rewarding things I've ever done in my life is being a father. And also then be a positive influence in other kids' lives. I just, there's nothing like it. Nothing
1: like it. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Uh, and what you, just, what you just shared would probably go really well for my last question. Well, it's not really a question, but I, I call it you know, my seconds soapbox. but I, don't, I, don't put, I won't put a timer on you. I don't put a timer on anyone. Uh, it's your platform to get out. Uh, your final idea, kind of a closing message, just sort of a closing thought that you want to leave uh, the listeners with. I'm going to feel bad you did such a good job with your previous answer, but I'm going to give you give you your soapbox anyway, uh, Coach. I'm going to kind of let, let you take it from here. So uh, the floor is here. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I can go on all day long, Coach, I tell
1: <laughs> you. Uh, honestly, I, I would love
0: to see more coaches hold these kids accountable, but along the way, teach them how to be accountable. Don't just throw them something and yell at them for failing. Give them the tools to succeed in life. If you have the tools to succeed in life and you can do things, don't, don't do their homework for them. Don't get them a passing grade because you need them to play in the game on Friday. Teach them how to be accountable. Uh, give them the skills. If they don't have the skills, teach them the skills. Be accountable. Be a representative for these, for these youngsters and let them know you got their back. But the same way you're there to pick them up when they fall, you also got to be there to, to check them whenever they're, they're not on the right path, you know. Uh, you got to keep pushing these kids to be better people in general and reward them when they're good people, you know, hey, appreciate that, you know, good looks, talk them, talk them up and be ready. If you're going to get in the game of coaching, get in the game of coaching for the right reason, not some stupid little stipend you get or whatever have you, some cool record, nobody cares about that. When you're dead, your record doesn't mean anything. When you're gone, your record doesn't matter how many people's lives you can affect, there is no words or measure you can put on that. And that goes both ways because you can also ruin a kid if you're not careful, but be there for them. If you're going to coach varsity sports in Arizona or anywhere in the country, the world, if you're coaching varsity sports, your job is to help get these kids to college, free or reduced education and continue succeeding and learning and growing. It's not to be there and say, well, I coach you, so you do the rest. That's not how it works. You're in, you're a part of their team. It's a family concept. A lot of these kids don't have anybody else preaching that to them. So do your job, take advantage of the right situations for the right reasons. Oh, That's awesome. good with me. Anybody you can always reach out to me, coach. I'm on that Twitter. I got, I think my number, my email, I think everything on there, anything I can help, I answer.
1: Excellent. Coach, I want to I thank you for, for talking about uh, not just, uh, what it is that, that you do uh, as contributor uh, for Arizona Cubs and all the, the great, you know, players and coaches you get to talk to, but also your experience uh, coaching as well and, and just kind of your general insights you have uh, for, from your time coaching. And, and, and there's a lot of things here, I think, that, that we as coaches can can take from this and, and really make sure that we're putting our players in the best position to be successful, not just while they're in our program, but hopefully set them up to um, be successful later down the line, whether that they go to college or they, they take other paths. Uh, that don't involve basketball so so thank you uh safe travels I know because you travel a lot in in, in your work and you're out out and about seeing a bunch of stuff and uh thank you thank you for spending some time folks really appreciate it
0: absolutely and I appreciate you having me on look forward to talking to you in the future
1: awesome thank you guys and thank you so much for listening this was another edition of the basketball future podcast and we will see you guys next time
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be
1: safe, and we'll see you next time.